Another episode of Give Me a Buck Podcast, partnered with the Basketball Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. I'm Joel. Zach is here. And you should know, we got a different guest on each week. This week, we got Jim Ozarski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that covers the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's get into it. Now, Jim, I know you reported for uh, the the Bucks and the Packers. Can you just explain the difference between reporting for the different organizations? Yeah, I, I would say, man, I the there's there's this weird um daily uh daily nature what i mean by that it's not that the packers or the nfl isn't an everyday thing but it's this it's this build up to one moment of the week right right where basketball it, it's not many as many games as baseball but <laughs> it's still you know 72 games this last season 82 like there there's there's this sort of daily kind of rhythm of games and also each game isn't as important you know um that was the biggest thing for me to recalibrate like I I had done some bucks and some brewers back in like 2012 through 2015 um but once I got into the NFL full-time it was like man there was such an emphasis on each game right Right. And, and, and these these guys and these coaches they felt that Wins and losses, you know, where then basketball, I had to sort of get back in my head. Oh, yeah, that loss to the Rockets, you know, in in March, (laughs) they don't care. You know what I mean? Like that loss to like they care. But, you know, like like you can't approach it as a reporter the same way. I guess that was probably the biggest difference was, yeah, they, they didn't nobody wants to lose. Yeah. But they're like, man, it's it's February. Like it's not right. It's not, it's not the same as you know losing that one regular season football game. That was probably, I would say, the the biggest thing for me to readjust to. But even just in general of reporting, that's not like this like life or death kind of result uh, in the NBA as it is in the NFL. Gotcha, gotcha. So I. Uh- are you fairly new to, you know, I know you took over from Matt. Are you fairly new to Bucks Twitter then? Uh, no. Um, I, I, I mean, it's been a while. Like I said, right. I, I left, um, I left, I, I worked at on Milwaukee.com from 12 to 15, but I wasn't like a beat writer, you know? And that was, if you think about it, like that was, I don't want to call it early Bucks Twitter, but I mean, look, man, that was that 15 win season. That was, <laughs> You know, all caps, Larry Sanders, dark times, Nader's going to Nate, you know, that was hashtag Manya, you know, like that. So (laughs) I I remember some of that stuff, Um, you know, uh, yeah, my first day actually covering the Bucks was when Andrew Bogut was traded. Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of go back a little bit, but you know, then I left and I kind of was, was a, you know, a casual observer, if you will. I wasn't in it. Right. So jumping back in this year was interesting because, like, the team's been good. I mean, the, yeah. like the reason I I mentioned those teams because that was bad. That was bad Bucks basketball, right? It I kind of left man. at the start of Jabari and like the excitement of of what he could be. Then he's hurt, and then I come back to a team that had real expectation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was um it was kind of interesting to like leave that kind of watch from afar. And then jump right into you know a, a, a fan base that you know expected to get to titles and 
or get to a finals and maybe expected to win a championship, which yeah. is actually more like Packers Twitter than, <laughs> than anything yeah. else. So it was, it was interesting. So um, you saw a wide race. So you saw the 15 win season and now you saw the championship. Yeah. So were you covering the bucks when uh, Jason Kidd was, yeah. you were. Yeah. So, so he was tired. He, that, that whole for his whole first year, the Brandon Knight trade for MCW, Mm-hmm. You know, and all that. Um, and then I left uh, like right before the 20, like 14, 15 season ended. Okay. So the biggest thing on Buck's Twitter right now, and I want to ask your opinion on this, is Jason Kidd made Giannis, or he's the foundation, or he created, or he developed Giannis. What do you think about that? Now, me personally, I don't see what Jason Kidd did that any other coach wouldn't have done, you know, like with Giannis, like as far as his development. So what do you think about the people that say, or are you one of those guys that says Jason Kidd created or developed whatever you want to call it with Giannis? Yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, So yeah, it's, I get what you're saying where, okay, whoever they may have hired maybe would have identified Giannis as this sort of special player and pushed him in a certain way, but that's an unknowable. Sure. Right. Because look, I, I was there like the year Giannis was drafted. I was there with Larry drew, you know, the, the decision to tank, which Larry was not on board for. And Larry was like, you know, who's this? Like, who is this dude? Like, right. you know, Larry w- wasn't about that. And maybe, look, maybe if they would have said, Larry, you're our guy and and we're going to roll with you. And so your job is to identify Giannis and whatever. But that, that squad was so different back then. Like, her, the senator still wanted to, like, you know, trade for J.J. Redick and, you know, sign free agents and win 40 games, right? right. So um, I don't know if Larry would have been that guy. Okay, so okay, so we'll put Larry to the side. So now they, they trade for Jason Kidd. Man, um, I, I, I guess I, 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 I'm, I can't go so far as to say it was all Jason because Giannis is the player. Exactly. Giannis is the dude who's got to put in all that work and who's got to be that special – and he was, man, like, mm-hmm. and the front office saw it. So would they have hired a coach if Mark Lazary and the owners didn't trade for Jason Kidd? Would they have <laughs> hired a – man, what was John Hammond's track record like mm-hmm. in terms of hiring the right coaches for that type of thing? I, yeah. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could look at Scott Skiles and Larry Drew and, <laughs> and those dudes and be like, oh, they would have got – they would have found the right guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, am not going to put it, I, I can't go all on in on Jason Kidd, but I will say just from talking to enough people having been there and, and look, Jason, look, I, Giannis, thank Larry Jew and John Hammond and Jason Kidd when he was done, like you, you Jason f- identified that Giannis had that Dirk Nowitzki thing. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, and was like, okay, this is a guy that I need to push and just make him do things he didn't want to do because it'll make him better. 
I think that's a real thing. Uh-huh. Um, did it make him? Man, I don't know. I mean, look, Bud, the, the change in offense and, and all that stuff helped Giannis turn into MVP. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm waffling a little bit. I can't say it's, it's all Jason Kidd, but I can't say it's all Giannis either. Uh-huh. I think they were, for whatever the people feel about Jason or his style or his methods, it worked for Giannis. You know what I mean? Where then Bud kind of, you know, that obviously helped push him into another stratosphere. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Zach, what do you think? Do you think that Jason Kidd is the foundation of Giannis being so dominant? Isn't there early on, he wouldn't let him shoot threes. So that's why I was going to say, isn't there people who are saying it's the complete opposite that he hurt Giannis's development? Because when Giannis came into the league, he could shoot threes decently better than what he can now. Nothing like Mm -hmm. amazing, but he can at least shoot threes. And I know a lot of that is he was a lot skinnier back then, didn't have all the muscle. Right. Makes it a little bit harder to shoot. But then I think it was rumored that when Jason Kidd came in and then he couldn't shoot threes and then that hurt his development. So it's interesting to see now that they're giving him the full credit for Giannis's development when a couple of years ago they were saying that he's the one who hurt his development. Right. So I could see it being, I agree with both of you on this situation. I could, and also seeing this side of the hurting his development of if he allows him to de- develop that three point shot, maybe today we're even seeing a better Giannis than what we're seeing right now. And it's the Giannis we're seeing today with the three pointer, or it could be Giannis has nothing of what he's been doing right now. And he can just shoot a decent three pointer and he's not his MVP self. So it's hard to tell because we can't tell what he would have been or wouldn't have been without Jason Kidd. Yeah. But I'm almost on your side too, Joel of who's saying any other coach would have came in and Giannis's mentality that he had himself wouldn't have got him to where he is with any coach. And maybe Jason Kidd was just in the right place at the right time. Um, So it's a little bit hard to say because. Yeah, it's hard to tell. How long was was Kidd there? Because he wasn't there for super long, was he? Uh, What, three or four years or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's given a lot of credit to say that he could take Giannis to be the most dominant player in the NBA. In and this three is years. what I say. If you yeah. made Giannis make another one, that's all. <laughs> I mean, if you made one Giannis, you can make another one then, right? Well, I, I guess I'll jump in on that one. I mean, look, Giannis is already a Hall of Famer. He retires today. He's going to Hall of Fame. Like he, he's got the resume for that. You know, the three-point thing is interesting because I, on one hand, Jason wanted Giannis to initiate the offense. He was the one who, and now I don't know if he's flat out ever said like he's going to be our point guard, but he just said, I wanted him to initiate the offense. Now, look, clearly Giannis is very comfortable doing that. Uh-huh. Boonholzer still has him do that. That was the whole reason like Drew Holiday was, was such a good fit was because he was a point guard who could play off the ball. And he wanted Giannis to have that sort of go to the rim, that sort of mentality. Again, yeah. Maybe he could have had him shoot some threes, but I, to me, I think there might've been something in there coaching wise of like, I don't want you to think about a three at all. I want you to go to the rim. And yeah. Do that. So does he have that? I don't know, man. It, that, that's the unanswerable question. Now, if you're Giannis, 
Giannis will always say, I could have done it all. <laughs> yeah. But in, in reality, maybe it was he had to become an elite, historic um, player at the rim, not seen since Shaq. Yeah. Before he, because still, he's only 26. You know what I mean? So I, I, it is interesting. I can't give it all the one dude, but clearly Jason Kidd saw something that got him on the right path. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Jim, let me ask you this. So you were around uh, when the Bucks went down 0-2 in Phoenix, right? What was the temperature of like, you know, you see Chris and Drew like laughing, you know, like get down 0-2 right now, man. What's, what's really going on? So what was like the temperature of the players? Like, were they just happy? Like they were smiling and stuff? Were they comfortable? Like what? What did you see? Yeah, it's interesting because I, I noticed that. Oh, obviously, I was in the room. Um, and then it, uh, I, I did see sort of the reaction to some of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What I'll say is this. Um, it, it was very similar to down 2 against Brooklyn. Um, although Holiday was a little more irritated after that, I think, because he felt and he, he spoke about some of the officiating and yeah. look, were trucked in Brooklyn, man. Like th- there were, there were some of us who was like, this is, this is a rat. Yeah. Like, you know, those blowouts and, and I think Kyrie's injury changed obviously the course of, of, of a lot of things there. But anyway, I mean, th- that's how they were all year. And so I, I actually gave them credit for that. Like it, it th- they didn't change their mood, their level, their, their, their headspace it was all the same it was always the same yeah. whether they had lost that five and early in the season whether they had won I, I think maybe eight eight or nine was their most their longest winning streak I can't quite recall um it was always the same so I'll, I'll give them that like I I it was it was interesting because you're like man it's the finals <laughs> but um on the other hand it was the same mentality which I, I thought boded well going back to game three in the four in Milwaukee so they didn't like bat an eye. They were just like, ah, we've been here, you know, like I'm going to just continue to do what I do, which is really cool, man, that um, they can do that. Cause I know I would have been upset <laughs> and all bucks Twitter was going at these dudes. Oh yeah. 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 So give me your top eight teams in order. So who do you got in that first spot? I mean, going so I, I, I presume going into next season. Next season, correct, yeah. correct, uh, correct, I, correct. I mean, it's look, they are the defending champs, but um, I, I kind of hinted at it in that last answer. I mean, Brooklyn to me is yeah, still has to be the the top, you know, in the NBA. Oh, in the whole NBA, not just the East. Yeah, I, I would say not just the East. Um, I, I think they're the. You know, we'll see that right. those three those three dudes were not healthy um, at all last season. I, I am not going to assume that they will be all of next season. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, <laughs> you know, um, I, I do think, uh, yeah, so they would be to me the, the number one team, not just in the East, but the, the I guess in the, league. The, in the league. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So who do you have at number two? Uh, I. I I will go with the champs. So if we're going to stick with the East, uh, I will mm-hmm. stick with Milwaukee as the, as the number two team. Gotcha. So who you got at number three? So you got the Nets, the Bucks, 
who you got in number three? Yeah, so I, I will go with Philly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do like, I mean, I think Embiid, I think that was a real leap for him, the shooting, all that stuff. Um, I, you know, this is even without Ben Simmons if they decide to trade him. Um, cause I think, I think Embiid, Harris, you know, uh, Matthias Taibula, I, I think they're, you know, their, their core, I guess, is good enough where they're still going to be that third, that third squad. And I think if Simmons is back, look, you're whatever he does or doesn't do offensively, he's still, you know, an all defense first team type of guy, DPOI right. type of guy. So, um, you know, at least until the right. postseason. Yeah. So those are the top three still. <laughs> So uh, now four through eight is going to get a little, you know, it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. So who do you have at four then? Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to put some respect on Atlanta, man. I, I, um, that's what I had to. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a joke, man. They, 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 that playoff thing was real. Um, mm-hmm. They, they won game one and with the Bucks. And look, maybe, and look, you know, Giannis got hurt. Um, they were still up by 10 in that game, even with Giannis. Yep. John Collins is taking a raise back and, mm-hmm. um, and, and Trey Young as well. I think Capella, it's a good group there. Clearly, they reacted well. So who you got at five? You know, I, I'm going to go with Miami. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the stuff they've done. So Spolster, I got a ton of respect for. Look, he was just a, a game out of that, that fifth seed, if you will. So I'll go with Miami number five. Okay, so who you got six? You know, this was interesting. I I, I did vote for um, Tom Thibodeau's coach of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that was kind of a close race with him and Monty Williams. Uh, I, I do think New York, I don't know if it's necessarily a regression. This isn't like, you know, oh, I think the Knicks are not going to be a 10-game over 500 team. I think. Atlanta had the same record as they did. They lost out on tiebreaker. Miami was a game behind them. Mm-hmm. I think this is a close bunch <laughs> of that four to six. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so me putting New York at six, I'm not saying they're going to totally fall off, but I do right. think it's it, just it's like going to reverse. Yeah. It so can I, be like I, a I, game between four through six. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So who you got at seven? Yeah, man. Now the Bulls big, made some uh, some yeah. big moves, man. This is interesting to me. Um, I like Billy Donovan. Man, he's he's got a a good record, mm-hmm. you know, a, as a head coach. Um, like, is he a guy that can make all of these new players fit together? Clearly, the Bulls feel he does. Right. Um, you know, I. Man, I do think they jump into the playoffs. I, I'm just trying to debate whether they, they there's seventh seven or eighth, eight. <laughs> yeah. or maybe even that six seed. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I still think the Knicks. I'm, I'm still going to give the Knicks some respect. So I'll go with you know, yeah, I'll go with the Bulls at seven. So um, who's number eight? And then I, I'm. I think I think it's Indiana's at eight. Indiana oh. was just. A, yeah, I think Indiana was the surprise fall off team for me. Yeah, from last year. I mean, granted, they 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 got into the play in. Yeah, you know, and and whatever was going on with Bjorken, and they were hurt. So I think Washington, I think Russell really helped get Washington into that play in thing. I don't know Boston. 
That's what I was going to say. You don't have so any faith in Boston. Talented. They're so talented. But um, I don't uh, – look, their they're new head coach, Ime Udoka, is so well-respected around yeah. the league. Maybe he's maybe he's that dude, and it clicks. I put it this way: I just don't know. Like, are Tatum and Brown and those guys enough? I don't. I put it this way: I think Boston's in that playing thing now. Yeah. You know, because that's the, that's the thing that kind of messes this up a little bit. Like, it's 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 could Boston get into the play-in and then knock out Indiana or Chicago? Sure. Yeah. It can you happen. Know, uh, so it's going to be a dog fight for yeah. that for that AFC. Do, do you think uh, Dennis Schroeder makes a big impact with coming to the Celtics for this year, or do you think Kemba was better fit for that system? Man, that's another good question. My my gut is Schroeder's the better fit because does it, I feel like he is a better traditional point guard. Yeah that doesn't need the ball like the other two, whereas Kemba is a guy who needed the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what makes be Kemba, Kemba, right? Yeah. You know, I think Charlotte improved. You know, they're going to be a pain in the neck to a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. So I think that 10 is set. It's just how do you kind of jumble, you know, four to four to six and seven to 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I could really see a, a, a tight, you know, gap of uh, not gap, but like a tight bunch up of, of squads in there. Right, right. So, Zach, let me ask you this. So, the Bucks' big three: Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Where do they rank amongst the best big threes in the league? I would say right now, I feel like coming, especially coming off the championship. Now, have a year of chemistry under their belts. They've proved that they can win. And I would say the only team that really looked better than them would have been Brooklyn. Um, and really, you did, didn't even have a fully healthy Brooklyn team because Harden was out the first game. And then when Harden came back, Kyrie was out. So really, we haven't even really seen a healthy Brooklyn team yet. Right. So I would go Brooklyn at one. And it seems like a lot of teams now, it's big twos, the duos. It's not too many big threes around. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Bulls just put one together. The Warriors are finally healthy again, but that's like three years of Clay Thompson not playing basketball again, so it's hard to put them in this conversation. Lakers, I'm not a believer in Russell Westbrook. I don't think that's going to mesh well together. Um, yeah. And now there's rumors with them picking up Isaiah Thomas too. It seems like this roster is going to be a similar situation that happened in Cleveland when they blew up their team like halfway through the season when they had Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas, LeBron, all those guys. And it looked like on paper that this team was like the whole team was Hall of Famers and now and then they blew it up within a couple of weeks. So I feel like there could be a similar situation with this Lakers team. Obviously that Cleveland team didn't have Anthony Davis too, but um so I do have I have Milwaukee at two. I think That's they're true. going to mesh better together than Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis will. Um, Especially coming off the championship, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just look at it on paper, people are probably think that's crazy if you're not putting that big three from the Lakers above them. Um, But I think it's honestly not – it's honestly pretty easy for me to say that I think that Milwaukee's big three is better than the Lakers will be. Gotcha. So, Jim, where, where do you rank them? Yeah, I, you know, actually, I, I, I do agree with Zach. Like, I, I don't really know 
um, you know, it is, it's really like the, the two stars and then, you know, wherever you, whatever you want to call, you know, the, the, the third person, I mean, really right. LA is, is it's LA and Brooklyn mm-hmm. and have like, you want to talk about three, like hall of, you know, hall of famers. Mm-hmm. So, but, but Milwaukee did add drew holiday. And I think, you know, the, the ring it, you know, I, I think he'll probably be an all-star um, as long as him and, and Chris Middleton um, kind of do what they've done. I really don't see how they're not all-star reserves, right? Maybe middle, you know um, I think that some respect I think comes the year after it's like, you know, if you're a football fan, like dudes make the pro bowl, like the mm-hmm. year after, like they don't make it the year they broke out, you know, but then after I was like, Oh, we missed, you know, <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah. yeah, I, I think, um, it, it is Brooklyn to me because when I watch that series, if Kyrie isn't hurt, I don't think the Bucks win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that. Like, I just, I, right. I, I saw them put it on them in two games with Kyrie and Brooklyn. And yeah, the Bucks would not have been swept. They would have won, but I, I just don't think, I think that changed everything. And they still had to, you know, go seven. Go seven. And yeah, I, I will to that point also say the Bucks, look, they won the championship. It it was it was a great John Horace found the right third guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric Bledsoe got them to a point. Oh man. He, yeah. You know, he was an all defensive team. He scored X amount of points. It it looked like it worked, but he wasn't his whole skill set didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And Drew Holidays did. Yeah. So were you on the fire coach bud train? Uh, Because there was a wave of fire coach bud uh, profile, (laughs) um, new Twitter profiles that was out there and it was heavy. Were you ever on that fire coach bud train? No, it was uh, look out in Bucks. We're just going to if they didn't know it already, they'll learn it as I go here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fire the coach guy. Yeah. But look, and, and here's my background. I covered Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati. I covered Mike McCarthy <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so I've been around coaches whose fan bases were like fired this dude yes. like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess part of my history has been informed by sort of like ownership that was patient fan bases that were not teams that frankly underachieved or whatever. So now look that now the team is one. And, and if you're, if you don't like Mike Boonholzer, like you're stuck with him. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, as of now, they, they haven't extended them. I don't, I guess look, Frank Vogel won a title with the Lakers and it took him until this year to get an extension. So I'm not saying that's, I guess, set in stone. There is some precedent that he maybe goes into the season as a quote unquote lame duck. But, um, right. no, I, I wasn't, I understand. I, and I, I'll be honest guys, we started this podcast with me talking about Scott Skiles and Larry drew and Jim Boylan. <laughs> so as someone who kind of stepped back, I didn't understand it. All right. Maybe y'all can explain it to me because I'm like, all right. So this, this team for the better part of 45 years was mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking people were hanging on to 2001. 
Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Maybe you guys can explain to me where Bucks fans went with that one, because I was like, I didn't quite understand. <laughs> I didn't well, quite it was it's it's more it's more like his adjustments. Now, for me, I can't speak for all of Bucks Twitter, but a large part of Bucks Twitter. But for me personally, it's the simple like adjustments. Like if CP three is killing Lopez in the pick and roll, and you do nothing about it, what are we doing here? And it's the simple things like that. Like when you guys went. As you know, as you covered the Bucks, do you guys notice that like Lopez is getting chewed up? Like CP3 is getting ki- and like how do you form your questions at the end of the game? Because if I was covering the Bucks, I would have asked Bud when he got up there. They went 10 to 16 on Lopez in I think it was the first game, the mid-range shot. Yeah. And it's yeah. just kind of like what you're not going to change this like so what like do you guys see that like do you like when you're there you know yeah well first of all yes um and so i i get so it's kind of two different things i guess so to kind of wrap the 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 frustration with the head coach i I, what i will say is yes that i understood um, especially right away this <laughs> this season, when you mentioned when we talked early on about like um, the drop you know, cover fan base, it was like okay. Um, I guess to me, I looked at it more globally as the Milwaukee Bucks are relevant. They're an actual legit championship team. Okay, the the game to game stuff. Do you does that warrant hearing a head coach? when it looked when they're finally relevant for the first time, you know, since 2001. So like that's, so I, so I, I, I got it, but I didn't get it like sort of in the the bigger picture sense. Now the grant now to, to the specific points of what you're talking about where, yeah, that, that was kind of the thing. Yes. Um, You know, in the wall too. The wall has been a thing for Giannis for yeah. the past two to three years, and we still haven't figured that. I mean, right. he just figured it out. I mean, right. he said he's he put the dunker spot, but like those are the small things. Small like things, right? Anything that lingers on with your best player for more than a season, right? Come on, man. Right. What are we doing? I so you know, um, I, I I'll agree with you on the the that bud adjustment thing. Look, Jeff Teague, I, I didn't think there was a better person to ask about this than Jeff Teague. Um, and unfortunately with the COVID situation, we couldn't really get to him until the finals. And so mm-hmm. I asked him about this 
And he said Budenholzer this year was a way different coach than the guy they, they had in Atlanta when they went to an Eastern Conference final. And Chris Middleton and Giannis said Bud was a different coach than their first two years. And it was for what you guys just talked about. Was he finally allowed himself to bend and to change and to adjust? Yeah. And Jeff said it. He's like, look, man, in Atlanta, where they won 55 games and he was coach of the year, it was, we are doing the thing we do until we lose. And then they lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now there, I understand some of that coming from football. That's what, that's a very football coach mentality. Right. Like we, this is the thing we do because we were 13 and three and damn it. We're losing 35 to four in the five and <laughs> whatever in the NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. We're going out that way too. Right. Because <laughs> right. this is how we got here. Yeah, that's a very like that's not a Mike Budenholzer thing. That's a coaching thing. Yeah, like and so that I can understand. What I guess what I'll say is I wouldn't fire a guy just two years in <laughs> because of it. Like maybe if it was like ten years like a Marvin Lewis or ten years like a Mike McCarthy, like I could yeah. get like ten years like a Rick Carlisle in Dallas, even though he won a chip. You know, like I, Terry Stotts, like that I can understand because it's been a like eight, nine years, two years. I didn't quite get now. He did change this year. Yes. Right. He made adjustments. Yes. He made adjustments. Now to your point, the in game, the minute to minute, the quarter to quarter, the hat like that, I will say was probably a little slower (laughs) than it should have been. Now there were adjustments at times in game, like, if, if, if sometimes they would throw that zone in and mm-hmm. it worked or it didn't, right? Sometimes they would, you know, switch off on the man. And sometimes it just, it didn't work in the, in the moment. Um, but I get what you're saying. I, I'm curious to see this year going That's- forward, what the next level is. Is it the same? Is it, is it like, this is our game plan for the game. Maybe there's a little tweak but it's still the game plan for the game or does he move or do they move yeah. a little quicker that, that some of that will be personnel based as well. I mean, that's a big part of this guys. Like you mentioned the wall, you know, Bledsoe wasn't the right guy for that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, Corver, was he the right three point shooter? I don't know. I mean, Bobby Portis, who knew that, who, who saw that coming <laughs> other than John horse. Right. So, I am yeah. curious to see year two, maybe how some of that other stuff kind of, kind of works into it as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, the NASA's uh, just signed a two-year deal. Zach, do you like that signing? What? How do you feel about the NASA's? Yeah, I think you got to get him back um, and not for the aspect of him playing at all. Um, I think he's just your bench energy. I think Giannis likes having him there. Um, he really, at times it seemed like he was the most into the game, even if he never played in the game. Um, so I think just for that aspect, he has his role on the team and maybe he'll earn some minutes here and there. I know we saw him play end of quarters, um, um, occasionally throughout the playoffs. I'm sure he'll get his slight rotational minutes throughout the regular season, but I think you got to sign him back just for the, just for basically that the energy of Giannis. and the, yeah. And the comfort of Giannis. Um, I think he just 
even if Giannis is having like a bad game or something, um, Thanasis is that guy who can go up to him and say whatever Thanasis wants to say because they're brothers and he'll get Giannis, Giannis straight in the head. Um, Are you giving so him I, minutes if you coach Bud? Um, he can do what he wants in the regular season, but I still want to play <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, I just don't think – it's hard to say, too, of, like, what position is Thanasis? Is he a power forward? Is he yeah. a small forward? He can't really shoot very much, very well. I mean, maybe you put him in for some defensive matchups. Um, it's hard to say. I, I don't think – I think you've got some better players you can play in that situation. Um, but I – We'll see how he does in the regular season now that he's had a little bit of a bigger role in the team this year. Um, see how he fits with some rotations throughout the regular season. Gotcha. So, Jim, with the NASA signing, does that – do you see, like, an Elijah Bryant getting cut? Do you see, um, like, what happens to the roster now? Yeah, it's it, – uh, you know, the Nassus, they basically had to, to keep him um, – you know, it's one of those deals where they're with cap and tax issues. And look, you, you need in the general sense, you need bodies. <laughs> and the Nasus was a body that really they could get for the, the minimum amount of dollars he was going to cost based on the league and the, you know, the, the qualifying offers and really no one else, you know, is going to bid up for him. So, you know what he is and, yep. and you can fit him. Um, so going going forward, you know what's interesting is, is that look, I'm an Ozarski. It's gonna take. I understand the last names uh, being an issue. <laughs> it's gonna take me a minute to get Gorgos's last name down. The, the <laughs> second round pick out of Greece, um, Kalitsitsik. Um, Kalitsitsikis. We're gonna have to know it. Put this yeah. way, because the reason I say that three year deal, they used some of their taxpayer mid level exemption mm-hmm. to pay for him. So to me, that's like actually showing an investment a little bit in this guy. They see something that we don't. I can tell you (laughs) that's money they could have used on, you know, anybody else. Yeah. (laughs) So um, the Nasus is interesting. You know, the the Grayson Allen trade, obviously he's on the team. George Hill's on the team. Rodney Hood's on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know. The Nasus, I think, is is very much like Zach. He's he, he's on the squad, but he's the energy guy, the bench guy. The all four starters. Have he's the race. Udonis Haslam of the Bucks, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, I, I will say this: I, to, I I get Zach's point. If they're totally healthy, um, and they're they're you know they're they're playing the way they should, the Nasus probably shouldn't play in the playoffs. I'm still going to give the man a lot of credit for game three. He comes in, he helps force a 24 second violation and oh, yeah. a shot against Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. Kyrie put it on him. Almost made a highlight with the crossover. The goes flying, but guess what? The recovers. Yeah. Kyrie does not make that. What should have been an open three. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. What happens if that ball goes down? We're talking about games here, man, that had just that were I'm, people can't say like razor thin. Yeah. So I will give the Nasus all the credit in the world for what he did contribute in that Brooklyn series. Um, 
So what do you think about Wara then? Like, do you think he finally gets rotational minutes? He's the, he's, he is what we, we opened with Bucks Twitter. Yeah. He's the dude for Bucks Twitter for <laughs> this coming <laughs> yeah. season, man. I'm telling like, right. as it stands, as it stands, tell mm-hmm. me where he fits. I think he, who does fits, he play over? I think he fits the Bryn role, the, the Bryn Forbes role. So I think he comes off the bench, eh, maybe start a few games, you know, if so guys over, are over injured. Rodney Hood. Yeah, I, I think I think that Wara has earned minutes over Rodney Hood. Yes. Interesting. OK, I, so I mean, would, I could I could see that on on paper. Um, and I'm curious to see how that shakes out. Cause clearly Rodney hood was traded for to replace Bryn Forbes, right? Or not, or signed, excuse me, not traded for signed to replace Bryn Forbes is gone. Rodney hood's a vet. He's mm-hmm. going to come in and knock down threes. So, you know, to me, George Hill replaces Jeff Teague, you know, okay. um, I, I I'm really fascinated by Grayson Allen. I mean, I know it, it seems like, Dante is not going to be healthy um, to start this season. So I think as it stands, Grayson right now is like the Dante replacement. So um, you think he'll be in the starting lineup? Yeah, I think so. I don't think you should start Pat. Not, yeah. not, not if let's say Dante's out for a month. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think Pat's off the bench guy. Yeah. You know, I, so I think Grayson is your, you know, so let's now, say when Dante comes back, are you starting Grayson? No, I, I, I'm that guy. I'll, I'll, again, I, I know Bucks fans are like, "Man, I hate football." Don't talk about football, but I, I'm I'm not a guy. I'm a guy who feels like you, you shouldn't lose your job because of injury. And I think Dante did enough to show that he was the fifth starter. Yeah. Um, so I do think I do think Dante, when he's healthy and is able to, be, is that guy. And then Grayson's on the bench. You've got Rodney Hood off the bench. Bobby Portis is off the bench. Uh-huh. George Hill, I, I think, is going to be a, a. When I say he replaces Jeff Teague, I think it. I think it's just that. I think it's a. He's a locker room guy. Uh-huh. Going to give you a few minutes. He's not going to be the George Hill of a few years ago to me, where you're you're leaning on him, right? Because yeah. now you not and, and look, I didn't forget about Jordan Ward. No, don't forget about Semi. You know. Uh, again, another last name I'm going to have to work on. I'm yeah, Ojale. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's. I, I know people are looking at him as sort of the one for one with PJ Tucker, and and it it makes a lot of sense there. So look, look, look at all these dudes I just named before Jordan Wara. So I I am curious about where we know he can fill it up. Is yeah. he Bryn Forbes, Rodney Hood? We know can be okay just shooting threes. Jordan Wara is still this young kind of developing player. Is he just the guy that's going to shoot six threes off the bench? And then, or is he a guy who needs a little bit of dribble space, a little bit of, I think he needs volume. Um, And and that's one thing I think he needs to work on though. And I think he gets the volume with the bench. I mean, Bobby doesn't take as good as he is. He doesn't take a ton of shots. George Hill isn't going to take a ton of shots. Um, 
Pat Connington isn't going to take a ton of shots. So that leaves Wara for the like volume. He needs volume, but I would, it'll be interesting to see where they put him, but I, I would, I would put Wara over Rodney hood as of right now, from what I'm seeing in summer league for what I've seen last year. Um, when he did start game, you know, we had those throwaway games where we started our bench players and stuff like that. But um, I think Wara is ready for rotational minutes, but that remains to be seen. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. That's the so, one man. I'm, I'm really fascinated by that. I like, cause yeah, he, he needs work on, on his defense, but so did Bryn Forbes. That's why Bryn Forbes didn't play in the finals. Yeah. Really against yeah. Brooklyn. Right. Um War's good. That's going to be the interesting one, man, to see where uh, yeah, see where he fits. So do you have any like fun stories you can share from like the locker room or like from, you know, the the reporting station, you know, so. Yeah, I feel you. I, so, well, real quick, unfortunately, this past year, there was not the traditional locker room setting um, with oh, the sure. protocols. You know, uh, and actually, whether it's with the Packers or the Bucks, yeah. Um, well, there, there's always, uh, there, there's always <laughs> things you you see that you can't say. So, right, uh, right. But in ter- you know, what? I will say this: in terms of the Bucks, when mm-hmm. we were allowed to get in person in the playoffs, what I thought was interesting, and it spoke to their the player relationships and how comfortable they felt with one another and how much they actually liked one another. Uh-huh. So, so behind the scenes, so maybe Bucks fans, they just see the Twitter feed or the video. Well, it was an actual like stage setup, and the, the next player would often come in the room and you'd have this weird, like, so they're hearing like Chris would hear Drew talk about him or Giannis would hear Brooke talk about him or vice versa, which came kind of strange. Yeah. Like they're used to talking about their teammates, but never usually like when they're right <laughs> next to them <laughs> when they're next. Right. Yeah. And, but I, the reason I say this is because there seemed like there was this, like, obviously they'd be respectful. They wouldn't talk over their interview, but sometimes you'd see them, like give each other a head nod or a smile or, or there'd be, you know, a guy kind of doing some funny stuff in the background or, <laughs> and, and that seems maybe a little childish. Maybe it doesn't seem like much, but I've been in locker rooms with bad teams. As I've said, as we started this podcast, yeah, that, that those little things add up to a lot later on winning squads. Uh-huh. When guys like to be around, they like to joke with one another. They like to pull one another into conversations. They like to talk about things. They, 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 and, and, and I can extrapolate this into a locker room setting where maybe that's, let's say it's just me and it's just Brooke and I talking about a thing. And yeah. I, I don't know who, I don't know who his locker mate would be, but let's say Pat would be his locker mate. I've been in locker rooms where, where dudes, cause you hear it, you know what I mean? Like you're not trying to eavesdrop, but you hear it. Right. And sometimes a teammate, if it, it, like in football, the, the position groups would be next to one another. So if, if a guy you could see is kind of half paying attention or whatever, you can bring the other guy into the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I feel like this Bucks team had that 
And I, I, I did want to mention that to people like behind the scenes, they look to really care about one another, talk to one another. They would share a little moment, you know, kind of after a, a press conference. I, and I thought, you know, we'll see how the next year's team kind of comes together. But this squad, it seemed like legitimately liked one another, yeah. um, cared for one another, paid attention to what each other said. You know, that kind of thing. And and I think that's um it, it speaks to their encore chemistry as well. So they had locker mates, so like a teammate that you like always are with kind of deal. Next to, like yeah, a- like there's basically I, I don't know how um you know football coaches would always change it year to year. Yeah. Um I don't for the most part. Um, you know, like Giannis, I'm sure, and Chris, whatever lockers they had when Pfizer was built, you know, five years, I'm sure they're in their same grid, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, the other guys kind of move around, but yeah, in locker rooms, um, guys tend to keep like, they like to be next to certain people, uh, especially if they're of a certain status. So like David Bakhtiari's locker, that's the one he got when Brian Bulaga, Josh Sitton and TJ Lang were the vets. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that's like his space. So now the 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 line is built around him. So Elton Jenkins is next to David Bakhtiari. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like see, they might, yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, I don't know the Bucks setup again. I don't know how that all came together with COVID because they had to have space. We'll see how it is next year with new guys. Like I'm I'm curious about that because sometimes you know, uh. Yeah, yeah, it's and, and look, I there were lockers in the past where guys, uh, especially in basketball, they'd have like an open one. Like Ryan Braun in baseball had an open locker next to his because he had just like so much stuff. And at the time, he's, <laughs> he's the MVP, right? So he gets two lockers. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's interesting that 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 kind of stuff is. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So last question for you, Jim. So you covered the NFL Packers. You covered the Milwaukee Bucks. Which one do you think is more hard to obtain? An NBA championship or an NFL championship? Ooh, I, this has been wavering back and forth. You know, I've been asking other guests. Yeah. Well, you'll be the perfect guy to ask, too, you know, because you've covered both of them. So <clears throat> which one are you giving <laughs> it to? Wow. Um yeah, I can tell you I, that the scale was tipped last week. You know, we we did ask uh, we asked my guy Tim, you know, and when he came on and um, I can't tell you what he said, but <laughs> the, the, the scale was tipped. I'll tell you yeah, after you answer. I, man, what is Well, OK, I'm going to give let me, let me I, I'll do the blanket because I got to put <laughs> I got to put respect on all the sports. It is very, it is clearly very difficult to win a championship in any, in any of these sports. Exactly. I, although I will say, um, look, my, my basketball life was a form. I'm an eighties baby from Chicago. Yeah. So I grew up with the goat and there is only one goat. I don't care what y'all do with your emojis. I agree. I, I don't agree. care what you do with the emojis. <laughs> there's one as greatest of all time. That means there's one. One, and that is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So I I grew up with him and watching that. And and the reason I start with that is because they won six in eight years, and it seems so easy, right? And it, but it's not. It's because you need 
that guy. And not only do you need that guy, you need another Hall of Famer or maybe a third Hall of Famer or a coach that's in that same conversation because he they played seven years. Mike played seven years before they got to that point, right? Uh-huh. Um, LeBron is, is, is what he had done in the East is, is just like incredible, right? And, and yet people say he only won four. How many Kobe get? Kobe only got a couple, like re- relatively speaking, right? To like pe- people, I mean, he's got a lot for like, yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, for what, what real, five, like right? real people think, right? Five times, five rings for Kobe. Yeah, yeah. And people still think that wasn't enough, right? Because it's, it's not a- Michael, because right. it's not that six, right? You know, which is absurd. It's like yeah. Tom, Bra- it's like the Tom Brady thing in, in football. Like that's not normal. Mm-mm. So I, I'm going to go with basketball just because I think it's harder to find the one player who's that special, the, <laughs> the one guy, and then to get the other, the other guys to make it happen. Like Dirk's got one. Yeah. Hakeem's got two. Uh-huh. We're not even going to go through the list of dudes who never won any. Whereas I think in football, you can you don't need the one in football. You can have people like to go to the Detroit Pistons and and, and say, oh, or this not oh yeah, the Spurs. Okay, that Pistons, you're talking about the one team in the history of the NBA that didn't have the one guy, right? right. Whereas you can go through football and you find Hall of Famers, of course. You find quarterbacks, of course, but they're full teams, uh-huh. you know, and, and and you can find the 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 teams that that weren't 15 and 1, 14 and 2, 13 and 3 that ran ran off the wild card. You know what I'm saying? So I think yep. I think it's just so much harder in basketball to find that one guy, let alone the other two that you need <laughs> and the complementary pieces to actually win that title. I, I I think it is the NBA. I think an NBA chip is is harder than the NFL for sure. Well, Jim, I have to tell you that you just evened the scale because he's <laughs> <laughs> so you just evened it back up. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And yeah, 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 you give it from a you know you were firsthand on it. You covered yeah. both of them. You know, so um, I think it's the NBA as well. So I'm I'm rolling with you on that one. <laughs> But thank you, Jim, for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you yeah, for your time. Yeah, thanks, thanks Make sure for you having, en- yeah, no problem. Me. Make sure you enjoy vacation too, man. <laughs> I know we're, we're back at it, man. It's uh, summer league just ended when we record this and, and it's published. I mean, man, camp is just around the corner. 